The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. better get healthy and help animals welcome to main street vegan with your host victoria moran during these proverbial lazy hazy crazy days of summer let's go a little bit easy on ourselves this morning i had grocery shopping on my list after a couple of other commitments and i was so mad at myself because I forgot shopping bags. So at the market, trying to do everything right, I refused the single-use plastic and got paper, not knowing that an overripe papaya was going to ooze through the bag and make a mess on the subway and cause me to have to do an emergency wash load, which probably isn't any more environmentally friendly than the plastic bag would have been. So may I invite you and me to accept that we are imperfectly magnificent and the imperfect part is okay too. I'm Victoria Moran, your host for this program. I'm also the author of Main Street Vegan, which I really hope you'll read if you haven't already. Veg News Magazine called that the Vegan Bible New Testament. And I direct Main Street Vegan Academy, training vegan lifestyle coaches, educators, and entrepreneurs. In fact, one of our graduates, Kat Mendenhall, who creates these jazzy, amazing vegan cowboy boots in the great state of Texas, is prominently featured in the August 2018 issue of Oh, the Oprah magazine. Pretty darn fabulous and pretty darn vegan. (laughs) And that is precisely what I trust your hour with us will be today. After the break, I'll bring on a perennial favorite, Dr. Joel Kahn. And right now, I am really excited to introduce Sean Stratton, who is the director of the very first ever Anywhere Vegan Film Festival. This is the Ottawa International Vegan Film Festival. It's coming in October, but just a shout out to filmmakers out there. They're still accepting submissions up until July 31. So if you are sitting on some fabulous vegan film, do uh, make note of that. The Ottawa International Vegan Film Festival will showcase short and full-length films with vegan subject matter from around the world. 
with the mission of inspiring people to choose a healthier, environmentally friendly, more compassionate lifestyle. And we are here today talking with Sean Stratton, who not only went out on a limb to do something extraordinary with this film festival, but he's been going out on limbs for 15 years. He was an instructor at the National Outdoor Leadership School. He wrote a book called Teams on the Edge. He's done adventure travel and all sorts of scary things in a whole bunch of countries. And now he's venturing into the eh, sometimes scary world of cinema. Welcome, Sean. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's absolutely wonderful to have you. So what took you from Jungle Expeditions into a film festival? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's there's a lot of connections in there somewhere, but um, uh, it, there was a bit of a break. I, I kind of had a career in uh, leading outdoor expeditions and outdoor education for about 15 years, like he's mentioned. And then uh, uh, I kind of moved out of that as I got burnt out and, and decided I wanted to move out of a out of a truck and out of a storage unit and, and uh, just kind of start another chapter in my life. And, um, and I did that kind of uh, around 2007 and um, kind of started my professional speaking business and leadership consulting. And along the way, I met my wife and uh, had three kids <laughs> and uh, moved around a bit with them. Um, but uh, yeah, about three years ago, um, my wife decided to to kind of take the vegan plunge after uh, I think it was kind of some running injuries that she was having. And she read somewhere that, um, you know, a plant-based diet can help you recover from your injuries. And she was kind of at our wits end and was like, ah, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for it. And she took, uh, one of those 30 day challenges and went, went head over heels into it and, and hasn't looked back. And, and I kind of supported her at first and then kind of came on board, took me about three months to, to do it. You know what it's like, you've got to do it for yourself, not when someone else tells you to do it. And um, yeah, over the last kind of three years, just kind of became more and more um, educated and passionate about kind of the whole food plant-based diet and the whole movement. And um, yeah, I've always kind of been an entrepreneurial heart and, and kind of looking to see, you know, how I can get involved with my um, skills and expertise of kind of organizing expeditions and leadership and some event management of organized triathlons and things in the past, well, let alone, you know, expeditions and um thought there you know must be some kind of film festival out there that I could maybe bring to Ottawa and, and did, did some research and, and couldn't really find anything out there and, and so I said well maybe this is the opportunity to uh, take it on and, and start it myself uh, it wasn't for uh, a lack of um, free time or or too much free time or anything but uh, it's one of those things you say if uh you need something to do, give it to a busy person. So I figured, uh, why not take it on and, and see how it goes? But uh, yeah, so I dove right into it starting in the fall. And um, yeah, the momentum is, is building massively. And uh, we're really excited for it to come up in uh, October. Oh, that is exciting. I, I really plan to come up for that because I believe that the film uh, I've been working on with Thomas Jackson for the past two and a half years, A Prayer for Compassion, yeah. uh, maybe accepted and, and premiering there. We're very excited for that to happen. So I just want to know, Sean, do you have a background in, in film? What, did that just come from out of left field? Are you a film buff? Yeah, it, it came a little bit out of left field. I don't have a background in film. Um, you know, a couple of the things I, I uh, 
documentaries have been very powerful for me on my my vegan plant-based movement and uh it was you know i think it was probably forks over knives that i've originally saw that was like yep okay that's the tipping point you know that's convinced me and talking to you know so many other friends that have moved this way in probably the last five to ten years you know most of them seem to bring up a documentary that was you know if not the most powerful one of the most powerful effects on them in terms of choosing this movement and and uh you know, that just got me thinking that, you know, there's got to be more and more um, films out there that don't get to Netflix. You know, we know a lot of the big ones that get to Netflix, but I I would, you know, guess that every film that gets on Netflix, there's probably 10 or 20 or 100 other quality films out there on the on vegan themes that, that don't get to Netflix and, and you know, don't get the, the viewership that they really deserve. And um, so that got me thinking if we can, you know, compile these in, a, in an area uh, in, in one place, we can, you know, inspire others to... To, to become more filmmakers, we can uh, highlight the filmmakers, we can get new audiences in front of the filmmakers, and uh, hopefully we can get uh, um, people in the audience that, you know, are on the fence or don't know too much about the plant-based movement and um, and inspire them to, to take it on. That is so exciting. So is that what you're seeing? What kinds of entries are you getting? Yeah, it's it's been amazing. It's uh, they're from all over the world. We've got them from Iran, from Turkey, from all over Europe. Um, just this morning, we had a submission, actually from Canada, where I am right now, of about a professional hockey player that has turned to veganism. And uh, it's a short documentary about his journey into kind of the animal rights movement and, and going vegan as a professional hockey player. And, wow. Um, Who's you know, the we hockey got one... player? Yeah, it's, uh, he, he plays professional in Europe right now. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I don't, I don't want to kind of put out names because we haven't, you know, submitted oh, it. It just, okay. got, it just got submitted today. So we haven't, uh, you know, we haven't vetted it at all. I, I okay. went in and watched it. But, um, yeah, there's definitely some other. I know Zadina Chara on uh, Boston Bruins is a professional hockey player that's now eating a plant-based diet. But, um, yeah, so that from there to, you know, we got one a couple of weeks ago from Mexico. It was inside animal slaughterhouses in Mexico. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, you can only imagine. That one was very tough to watch. Um, and then we've got some about uh, um, some landfills in Turkey and, and how that revolves around kind of the plant-based movement. Um, yeah, just quite a quite a in-depth variety of them. Some, you know, are two hours in length. Some are, um, we got one a couple weeks ago that's a minute and a half. So, oh. <laughs> so everything in between. That's absolutely fascinating. Now, do you believe that there is a future for vegan narrative films? I'm asking you this partially from a personal point of view because my husband and I have a, a stunning script for a narrative film. We have had calls on it and great kudos and accolades from famous people and all kinds of people, but nobody wants to fund a vegan feature film. I don't know if they just think the world isn't ready. So have you gotten any feature films? Do you have a sense of if yeah. the world is ready for that? Well, you know, there, there has there has been, you know, things out there. So, you know, not, not documentary style, but more just kind of a, a, Story. a fictional style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we have gotten a few of them, and I've actually had some some uh, some filmmakers reach out to me to kind of see if I had any connections on on whether it's funding or or connecting with somebody in the filmmaking. One guy was making a horror film, uh -huh. <laughs> um, a vegan horror film that he was funny enough. He was using his kids in, but he was he told me he was doing all the after effects without the kids. So uh -huh. <laughs> the kids weren't part of the. They didn't realize it was a horror film. 
Um, but then he was asking if there, um, you know, if there was a, uh, a need for this or, or if it would, you know, what category it fit into. And I was, you know, encouraging him along to finish it up and, and send it in. But, um, yeah, I think so. You know, we definitely didn't put in our stipulations that we wanted documentaries only. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see some, some fictional films. I've heard of one out there. I can't remember the name of it, but it's about um, – I think it's about like in 50 years time, it's a futuristic movie in 50 years time when everybody is a, uh, is vegan and they, they make fun of these people that, that used to eat meat back in the other world. <laughs> yeah, actually I'm having him, uh, okay, on the you show. Know yeah. Oh, great. In, uh, about six weeks. Um, I didn't realize, I thought that was just another documentary. Yeah. So I, I just uh, booked him yesterday. So, okay, okay. well, that's there you go. So called, there's uh, that in... world, the end of meat. That one's Yeah. Called. Yep. There you go. Great. Um, so I haven't seen that submitted yet, but I, I have heard of that. So I think there's that. And, you know, one thing I'd like to do kind of going forward with the film festival, we're, we're starting small this year and we want to, you know, do it well and, and grow instead of come in with a splash and go out with a splash. Uh, but I would love someday to um, bring, you know, documentary filmmakers together with investors. Um, I know it's really popular at uh, at Hot Docs, which is a yes. documentary film festival in Toronto. And yes. um, Inside Out is another film festival in Toronto that does this. Um, and, and they kind of have, it's almost a mini conference. And, and so they, they have a, an evening where filmmakers pitch potential investors on, on their film ideas. Oh, that would be wonderful. If, if um, vegan filmmaking could get to the point of vegan food making, right. <laughs> where investment is no longer difficult to get. That was yeah. a fabulous thing. So are you looking this year, Sean, because I know we're coming up on that July 31st deadline. Mm -hmm. Do you want only vegan themed films? Or what if some vegan has made a film that's just kind of neutral? It's a documentary about something, but he or she happens to be vegan. Is that yeah. allowed? Yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say. I'd say more vegan themed films. Okay. You know, if you look at a film... Um, and and you someone's in the audience that maybe is not vegan, um, they can walk away saying, you know, wow, that really interested me to potentially go vegan, okay. um, or you know that that educated me on on the vegan lifestyle or vegan diet um, somehow, or it educated me on an issue related to um, veganism. So we have uh, we have four different categories. Would you like me to share those? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we broke it down a bit. So we have. Um, and then, and veganism kind of lended itself to these categories. So we have a health and nutrition category, mm -hmm. um, an environmental protection category, uh, an animal animal advocacy, and uh, we were going to leave it with that. But then we went uh, and decided to add a lifestyle category. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, cool. you may be able to hear my one year old here crawling oh, around. Totally, and and you <laughs> might also be able to hear my daughter's rescue pigeon. Uh, oh, <laughs> that I am fostering while my okay. daughter is touring as an aerialist and superhero. Yeah, this pigeon okay. is so amazing. I was actually up in Canada uh, last week, actually just a few days ago. I, I oh, I remember you mentioned you were going to come up here. Yeah, I went to the Toronto Veggie Parade, which was fabulous. I did a little talk there. And while I was there, I found a pigeon toy that is a basketball hoop with a little basketball. And I didn't really understand that Thunder, this pigeon, was going to get it, that he was supposed to get the ball in the hoop, and lo and behold, he can do that. Oh, wow. I'm so impressed. So, you know, that's great. For people, we have children and right. companion animals' um, lives, and it's wonderful. Yeah. So, so that, that last category, sorry, was, uh, yeah. um, was a lifestyle category. 
Right. So um, that's kind of geared towards, um, you know, if someone does a vegan themed travel um, documentary, um, cool. which we do have a couple of those actually travel or if someone does one on vegan clothing. Ah. Um, we've got cool. uh, cover the category. So those are the four categories. And we have a people's choice and a best in show kind of a grand prize. Ooh, wonderful. Yeah. So tell if someone is out there who has a film, where do they send it? Yeah, it's all uh, linked up to on our website. So it's the um, OIVFF.com. So the Ottawa International Vegan Film Festival.com is our website. Wonderful. And you can go there. Um, and that uh, the submission page has a link to Film Freeway, which is kind of a, a website that accepts uh, films for film festivals. And we have an account there and, and it takes care of everything for us. Wonderful. And what is that date in October of the festival? It's October 14th. It's Sunday, October 14th in the afternoon oh. here in Ottawa. And uh, yeah, it'd be fantastic to have you up here and uh, maybe even introduce your film. Oh, that, that would just be stunning. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to envision that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, <laughs> wow, it's, it's really exciting to think yeah. where all this going on. Now, I find it really interesting, Sean, that the very first vegan film festival just happens to be happening in Canada where your legislator, legislature just outlawed animal testing of cosmetics. That's fabulous. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Existing. Yeah. And so much is going on. What do you get mm -hmm. the sense of why is Canada so vegan? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm actually going to be in part of uh, an event this weekend called Nation Rising. And it's, a, it's another protest. I'm in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada. And so this is where people come to protest to the government. And um, so this is a massive protest happening, I think, this Saturday at, uh, in Ottawa. And it's, uh, it's protesting the um, government subsidies of animal agriculture. And uh, we've got a lot of great speakers coming in. James Asprey's coming in and Ooh. several other great speakers. And so um, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it's our friendly nature that we don't like to hurt things. <laughs> um, we like to apologize a lot. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think the movement is, you know, in most kind of developed Western countries is, is growing. And um, I think maybe our population is smaller, so it's easier to get a voice out a little bit than than get drowned out in the U.S. where um, you have so many more people and so many more um, dollars and fighting for attention and people fighting for attention. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think it's, you know. <laughs> I think there's there's pockets everywhere. You know, people yes. say, "Oh, I could never go to Germany. Or I could never go there and be vegan." But like, no, every, I've I've just moved four times in the last five years, and every place I've been, it's there's been vegan restaurants. There's been you know, definitely great sources for for um, plant based nutrition. Yeah. Well, and, and it is true, and I, I think when you look for things, you see them. But I was so impressed uh, in Canada. I mean, I know oh, the good. safe movement started there, which to me is is just such courage and conscience. And then I just read that, that A&W, the, the root beer and fast food people that mm -hmm. I didn't realize were headquartered in Canada, have mm -hmm. just introduced the Beyond Burger into all yeah. of their outlets in Canada. So Yeah, that is huge. Just even on our local vegan Facebook group yesterday, I think it just went, they went live yesterday and I just saw some posts. People said, people were notifying where in the city had them left because they were sold out all over the city. Well, that, that is pretty cool. So do you think that since your festival is happening in Ottawa, do you think the prime minister is going to know about it? Any chance he might go to a film? Uh, well, it would be great to have him. I'll, I'll definitely send an invite. Um, 
uh, the environment minister for the country is is my local representative. Um, and so I'll definitely uh, send a note to her. And she's very, uh, very environmentally friendly and she's very active on Twitter and, and things like that. And so, um, you know, you got to wonder with politicians, it's it's really hard. You know, he, he could be a closet vegan, but he probably couldn't tell people because <laughs> he might lose half the country's votes. You never know. Right. I know. I, I, I was just thinking a little bit as I was working on my talk for the Toronto Veggie Parade, that we think we're all so nice, you know, we're, we're vegans and, and we want everybody to be healthy and we want to help animals. And yet to a lot of people, we're such a threat and they're so afraid. They're just mm-hmm. afraid for a lot of reasons. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't change, but I think it's something that we need to understand and bring into our communication. So yeah. Sean, You've seen a lot of vegan documentaries, and now that you're mm-hmm. accepting them for the festival, you have seen really mm-hmm. a lot. What has nobody made? What documentary does the world need? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I, I went to Toronto during Hot Docs and, and saw The Game Changers, the new uh, film that's coming out hopefully soon to the public. Yes, yes. Um, You know, really focused on male athletes, and uh, James Cameron's behind it, and it's gotten a lot of press, and... And I was kind of wondering, going into that, I was like, "What? What is this going to be like? What else? You know, what have we haven't seen yet?" And 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 it really was a game changer, and it really did take a different angle than a lot of the other documentaries out there. And um, and and obviously that you know turned into a big budget feature documentary, and and did a great job with it. And it's it's going to be amazing. But uh, there's got there's got to be there's so many different storylines out there. Like veganism is such a huge concept you know it's such a huge topic it's not we think it's a niche but it's it's it is massive in terms of the effect it can have and the different angles you can have on it um and it's not you know all about just eating plants or just animals or just the environment there's so many different angles so i think i think the creative film directors out there and and um will probably utilize their uh, their talents to yeah to keep them coming long long into the future right well, I would love to see one as I, I listen to you. Is that your son or your daughter that I hear in the background? That's my daughter, I think. As I hear your daughter, just... I'm thinking about vegan families because the one oh, place where, one. where people can still get in trouble from physicians and even in some parts of the world from the government is raising their kids vegan. Yep. And so just to see some of these amazing vegan families and the kids are happy and healthy and you know, I raised a vegan kid who is now flying through the air as a superhero. You know, they're not wimps, these kids. Yeah. <laughs> so is there a film in your future or do you, you know, want to just girls. do a festival? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to do that film. You could do it or you could find a filmmaker and you could be the first featured family. Yeah. Now, another one I would love to see, you mentioned fashion, uh, Joshua Patrick the wonderful fashion designer here in New York City. His clothing line is Brave Gentle Man. And he Hmm. does the most extraordinary um, uh, video presentation. He teaches at Main Street Vegan Academy, and his book Fashion Animals will be out in a few months. That would so lend itself to a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, next year, you're going to have so many. (laughs) There are, you know, and, and there, there's so many different topics, and, and obviously I want this festival to go along into the future, and, and I think there's just going to be more and more every year um, 
filmmakers coming out, um, you know, new filmmakers coming into the into the scene, and and just yeah, the topics I think are are unlimited. Well, that is phenomenal. So everybody listening, are you in the northeastern U.S. or you in mm-hmm. eastern Canada? Can you get yourself to Ottawa on the fourteenth of October? Wouldn't it be fun? And maybe I could see you there with uh, Thomas Jackson and A Prayer for Compassion, which is our film. He's the filmmaker. I'm the producer. We also have some wonderful um, co-executive producers, Dr. Silas Rao, who's been a guest on the program. Dr. Rao from Climate Healers is, is part of our film, which is to introduce vegan living to people who identify as religious and spiritual because we just want to get out there and get everybody. So mm-hmm. the website is oivff.com. You can also find Sean and the Ottawa International Vegan Film Festival at Facebook, uh, OIVFF, mm-hmm. and on Twitter and Instagram at Vegan Film Fest. And you know, if you got a film, there's a guy up there in Ottawa who would really like to mm-hmm. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and can I can I just mention too my I haven't launched this yet, but my vision with the festival is to take kind of a three hour best of the best and and travel with it. Ooh. And so it's not just an Ottawa thing; it, it'll really be international. And I'll hit all the city, you know, all the major cities, and and do several showings of of kind of the best of the best of the festival, um, kind of into the new year uh, going forward. So uh, if you're in a place and, and you think uh, your community would, would like to host uh, the, the Vegan Film Festival um, in kind of in the spring of 2019, uh, definitely get in touch. Well, that just sounds dandy. So I imagine my little community here of New York City would just love <laughs> to host. We have a yeah. few vegans, a few places for you to eat too. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Obviously, yeah, New York would be a great, great location. Well, it's a wonderful thing, and I think you really have your finger on the pulse of this thing. For so long, this was a movement of books, and you could just mm-hmm. point to the books in, in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s that were growing veganism. And then all of a sudden, it has become a movement of documentaries. And then, of course, both the books and the documentaries are supported by the growth of the Internet, so there could not be a better time to go vegan, stay fe- vegan, or watch a film about being vegan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We got it going on. Do you have a 30-second <laughs> last word? Yeah, you know, just for the filmmakers out there, you know, take the plunge. Uh, you probably got something in the can that you, you know, maybe have sat on for a couple of years. We'd, we'd like the films from 2014 kind of and on. Um, send it in. You still have time. And uh, for those folks that uh, yeah are interested in in, in showing or, or taking a film, there's there's a place for you to show it now. And uh, for those want to uh, want to take care and see all these films, um, definitely get in touch. And uh, hopefully we can bring it to your community if you can't make it to Ottawa for the for the festival. That's fabulous, Sean Stratton, the Ottawa International Vegan Film Festival. Everybody, stay with us. We'll be back with Dr. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. 
Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's Eric Butterworth with a Unity Mindful Moment. Unfortunately, religions have tended to present themselves as institutions instead of perceptions, something you join instead of a transcendence that you experience. We've tended to believe that God works exclusively through the machinery of an institution. So it is self-evident that most persons believe that you go to church to get close to God. The fact is, if God is present in the church, God is also present in the theater. God is present, period, because God is an online presence, everywhere present. So you don't go to church to get close to God. But you go to church, perhaps, hopefully, to be challenged to dig within yourself and to find that consciousness of the presence that is with you wherever you go. So that wherever you go, wherever you are, God is. To pick up the Eric Butterworth book, Practical Metaphysics, go to unity.org and click on Shop. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. If you've been thinking of going vegan or you have been following a vegan lifestyle for years, the Main Street Vegan Academy Cookbook will become your go-to resource. Victoria Moran, J.L. Fields, and certified vegan lifestyle coaches will show you how easy and delicious it can be to go vegan. With over 100 plant-based recipes, you'll never get bored, and the book is packed with tips and strategies to transform your cooking and your life. Available now at Amazon.com or your local bookstore. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. An evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. I will just uh, echo that nice man and say, welcome back too. If you're new to the world of Main Street Vegan, you can learn more at MainStreetVegan.net, where the blog this week is seriously thought-provoking. It's called, Is It Hard to Be Vegan? 
Now, of course, we always say, well, of course not. But, you know, it can be hard, especially for some people in some circumstances. So this week's blog is from Main Street Vegan Certified Vegan Lifestyle Coach Laura Beck of Asheville, North Carolina. And she addresses this topic with a lot of honesty, a lot of candor. You'll like this one. And now to the man of the hour or this half hour at least, Joel Kahn, M.D., He's one of the world's leading cardiologists, a best-selling author, and popular lecturer who inspires others to think scientifically and critically about the body's ability to heal through proper nutrition. He is a clinical professor of medicine at Wayne State University School of Medicine, founder of the Khan um, Center for Cardiac Longevity. He lives in the Detroit area with his wife and three children, and he has two restaurants, I believe. Now I know of Green Space Cafe. He'll tell us if there's another one. Oh my goodness. He's doing so much. DrJoelKahn.com and brand new book that I have to tell you, if you saw a copy of The Plant-Based Solution by Dr. Joel Kahn that happens to be my copy, you would think that a yellow marker went robotic because I have learned so much from this book. Dr. Khan, you're cool. Thanks. And, and you're sexy. Because we share oh that my sexy God. Well, vegan Oh my God. We thing. are sexy together as uh, your audience probably knows the award you so correctly won and I so uh, surprisingly incorrectly won. But uh, at any rate, um, you're very kind. There actually are, just to be specific, three restaurants, two in Detroit, no. And we have a food truck in Austin, Texas by Barton Springs. So a lot of people live in Boston know where Barton Springs is, uh, the Barton Pool. Um, I'll be down there the, uh, next weekend to go visit. But, yeah, thank you. Appreciate you uh, to actually hear you say you both enjoyed the book and you had told me you learned a thing or two, which I always do when I read your books, but uh, is really, truly, I know, a sincere compliment. So thanks very much. Well, I, I love it. And I love how in every chapter you have a plant rant because, you know, sometimes we all want to rant, but when you're an MD, you get to rant and admit it. So let me just get really clear on these restaurants because I know my listeners like to go out to eat. You've got the food truck in Austin. What's that called? Uh, ATX Food Green Space Cafe. Okay. And then long, it's green but space. It's on, you know, it's on all the social media. ATX, like Austin, Texas Food. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, to give it the little twist that it's down there in uh, the land of hills and Michael Dell. Got it. So, and then Green Space Cafe in Ferndale, that's your upscale fancy one, right? Or are they both fancy? You got it. That's right. With a full, if one chooses to have a little bubbly, a full liquor license. And now we've got a grab and go fast casual called Green Space and Go that's a few miles away from the main restaurant, right on a very... Uh, busy street, very high profile, and people are stopping on their way to work and picking up healthy meals and uh, taking them home at the end of the day and creating a real, real easy place. Uh, people always say when you make the right thing to do, the easy thing to do, you're going to get some traction. So we're just trying to make it easy. That's so great. And we're talking Ferndale, Michigan. So people out there in the upper Midwest, check those out. And if you're traveling, check them out too. When Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine and let medicine be thy food, he probably meant that physicians were supposed to open restaurants. 
And yeah, he was got in the yesterday message. at lunch. Hippocrates came in, did a nice carry out for Socrates and <laughs> the whole group there. It was good. So let's let's <laughs> jump in, Dr. Khan. That would be a cute skit. One of the many things that you are so good at, you are very aware of what is going on in the popular culture, what people are hearing about food and nutrition, and what is confusing the heck out of them. So let's just bust some myths at the outset. I was going to skip that plant paradox thing because I thought nobody's reading that anymore. And then I looked on Amazon and it's number one in three places. So oh my God. what's, I know, I know, depressing. What is it and what's wrong with it? So is it number one for made up medical references, made up claims, and number one for scaring the public unnecessarily? I, I actually like the author. Dr. Stephen Gundry is a University of Michigan trained heart surgeon. I'm a University of Michigan trained heart doctor. We, he's 10 years older than me, so we did not overlap. We've met a few times. He's a very charismatic human being with a lot of interesting travel around the world, but it's a very two-faced interaction with his book because he'll say to the public in a in a group setting, I eat beans, you can eat beans, just prepare them right, traditional ways. And you open his book and it says foods never to eat. Or you go to his website, beans, all beans, never eat, never. It doesn't say anything else. So he, there's like, where's the truth lie if you uh, say it one way and write it another? Plus his book has so many errors, grievous errors in referencing that one cannot simply just say was a little bit sloppy. It goes beyond sloppy. It's like totally irresponsible. So, they, you know, he himself has discovered something that essentially no other medical observer has discovered, that uh, many, many of the diseases afflicting uh, Western culture are from little nutrients in plants. He says it in a cute way. Plants don't want to be killed, so plants have chemicals. And there may be some truth to it. If you're a praying mantis and you eat too much of the leaves of a plant, there may be chemicals in there that taste bad and you stop eating. But in terms of human body size, you know, it goes a little bit with Tom Brady, football legend, not eating during the season tomatoes, eggplants, and peppers with the idea that they lead to inflammation, an idea that some people repeat. But in terms of actual medical science, it's probably the opposite. Um, and, you know, out of this, these little shreds of clinical observation and essentially zero published science, zero, um, comes a whole theory that everybody needs to change their diet dramatically and that legumes are the source of great suffering and illness, even though we all know that in many cultures they're the mainstay of calorie and health. And in the blue zone specifically, where people live to extremely good longevity and uh, health span, uh, legumes are the single common food source that Dan Butner puts right in the middle of the blue zones kind of picture. Um, so it's so in contrast to you know, uh, long-lived populations. One of my heroes nowadays is a professor of nutrition and longevity at the University of Southern California, Dr. Walter Longo. says, if you hear a food fad that claims it has a new answer or longevity, you got to analyze it in a very specific way. He calls the five pillars of longevity science. But Dr. Gundry's book would not hold up. It's not what people do that live to old age. It's not what randomized studies show. It's not what epidemiology shows. You know, he has a very expensive clinic in Palm Springs, and he 
claims he sees amazing things going on, and he might. But God, that's not the scientific method to both scare the public and then sell expensive vitamins that he claims corrects the problem. It's obviously a bit suspect, and I'm I'm suspicious. I was just with him two weeks ago and told him that. I don't believe what you say, and if it's so powerful, prove the science, just like every other breakthrough has occurred. Mm. Well, so then let's go to paradox. another way. I would say half, flush half the, the plant people are, paradox. Hmm? I would flush the plant paradox. <laughs> Good instruction. Now, let's move on to the diet that half the non-vegans that I know are on, and that is keto. What gaga, is it? Gaga, and gaga, what's keto. Wrong right. So the ketogenic diet is the idea that there's a backup system to fuel our body in distress, starvation, diabetic crisis. If you can't manage glucose to power your brain and your tissues, we can make an alternative fuel called a ketone body. We all learned about it in medical school. It was always a bad thing in medical school. It was sick people really at risk of dying, and it was a way they could limp along a little till you could correct what was making them sick, like out-of-control alcoholism, out-of-control uh, diabetes. Well, all of a sudden, about 100 years ago, it was realized you could actually bring it on by dropping your carbohydrate intake to extremely low levels. Goodbye beans, goodbye most fruits, goodbye certainly any grains, and um, jacking up fat calories super high, and you could actually trick the body into creating ketone bodies. And for children with epilepsy that um, could not be controlled with medication, it became an interesting food-based therapy for children with seizures. There were well-recognized side effects like kidney stones, like nausea, like bone issues, like heart issues in these children, but for some of them it was a breakthrough. And then I don't know when you dated exactly, but certainly in the last 10 years, Halle Berry, Hugh Jackman, LeBron James, Others, you know, this is what I'm doing to get a flat belly. This is what I'm doing to lose weight. This is what I'm doing to clear my brain up. And, you know, there's just widespread use of a diet that has well-known side effects without any discussion that there's side effects. Everybody on Twitter, you know, makes this out to be the rage in Silicon Valley and Hollywood. Most concerning, there's seven scientific studies well done, large studies that say if you eat this low-carb, high-fat animal food diet, you may actually bring on death quicker than if you eat the traditional complex carbohydrate-rich grains and beans and rice and fruits and vegetables that we all favor so much and that science favors so much. Um, so this ketogenic craze, nobody's talking about the dark side of it all, the skeleton in the closet. Now, just recently, there may be a way to use this, because we do know, you know, Victoria, you know and I know, there are some people trying so hard to be vegan, plant-based, and they're just the weight isn't coming off, and you always got to look if they're getting their vitamins and actually following the diet or, you know, paying attention to calorie density or just chowing down way too many nuts and oils and things that might slow up their weight loss. But there is such a thing as vegan ketogenic diets, Dr. Longo, University of Southern California, I just mentioned, does a program five days a month, and then it goes back to previously healthy Mediterranean or plant diet, and he's showing quite remarkable improvement in health of certain people and weight control. So there may be a way of using 
a change in their normal ratio to a higher plant fat, um, oils and avocados, but just for a few days, provoke our metabolism to improve, but don't do it with meat, don't do it with cheese and butter, saturated fat-rich foods, chicken. Uh, it's, it's an ugly and unhealthy thing to do. So let me just follow up with kind of a science nerd question. It's my understanding that the body goes into ketosis during water fasting as well, which has a millennia old uh, history of being something one does for healing. Is that the same process? Yeah, if you water fast and you drop your intake of calories, you know, essentially to zero potentially, your body will have to come up because, again, that's going to be a very low carbohydrate calorie intake. Of course, it's a very low everything intake, but your body has to fuel the body. And, yes, you will start to utilize fat stores after maybe two to three days, and you'll create ketone bodies. But, you know, water fasting is done in an inpatient setting like True North or Center's uh, Dr. Sabatino in um, Delray Beach uh, in Florida, and you're observed and you're tested and you're watched and all the rest. So um, water fasting is not a home-based therapy uh, and certainly not for somebody with medical issues not to be observed, whereas some of these programs like Dr. Longo's, it's called Fasting Mimicking Diet, which also will bring on ketosis with plants, but only for a few days, very carefully researched, is a much better option if somebody's trying to do something new and novel at home and still stick to a plant diet. Right. So back in 1990, when Dr. Ornish um, was coming out initially with his heart disease reversal statistics, which were so revolutionary at that time, I remember reading that in the newspaper and thinking, well, we're done in terms of diet for health. We may still need to work on people to stop wearing leather shoes or going to the circus, but basically vegan in terms of eating, it, it's here. Well, obviously it wasn't. So why is it that you get it and I get it and probably most of the people listening to this show get it? Why is it taking so long? Yeah. You know, um, it shouldn't have, and it's been a detriment to the health of so many cardiac patients, then we learned about some data about prostate cancer a decade later and aging and such with Dr. Ornish's research and ancillary data that it would be the great approach for type 2 diabetes and weight issues and such. I mean, the, the criticisms were small numbers in his original trial. He presented his you know absolutely revolutionary and amazing and clean scientific data to Medicare because he showed what a cost savings it was over five years. They said bigger numbers. Well, he didn't walk away. He came back. He came back, ultimately had thousands of patients. And ultimately in 2010, the Ornish Lifestyle Program got approved by Medicare as a treatment of heart disease. Uh, and along with the Pritikin Program, which is very similar and very plant-based, are the only two programs that Medicare pays after a heart attack, after a bypass. So the numbers are big, and it should be now. There should be what really the question is now, okay, 1990, novel approach. 2010, 20 years later, you know, approved by Medicare, why doesn't Columbia University and NYU and Cornell and my hospitals in Detroit, why don't they all have Ornish cardiac rehab programs and Pritikin cardiac rehab programs? And why aren't they teaching heart disease reversal and plant-based nutrition? Because it actually reimburses well. 
and it's so great for patients. So that's really even more irritating. And the bottom line is the majority of cardiologists think it's still too radical to tell a patient to give up their animal products and eat plants, even if it might extend their life and decrease their readmissions and hospital costs. Um, I don't know that it's a conspiracy because hospital charges are good for hospitals. I think it's still the skepticism that who's going to do this? It's too hard. It's a whining kind of approach. But you know, let the person decide it, and you have to have the program uh, to make it available. Mm. So what else? If somebody is concerned about heart health, do they just do whole food plant-based and live happily ever after? Or are there some other, if there's supplements or there's something else people should do to really do the gold standard for heart disease prevention? Right. So it's a great question and, you know, keeping it concise. Um, if you just want to go off into the sunset, do do a good whole food plant-based diet, watch or eliminate added oils, and, you know, follow a Victoria Moran book, follow a Dr. Joel Furman book. Follow, uh, you know, um, Forks Over Knives program. There's so many excellent, excellent resources. If you want to go deep, which is what I do in my clinical practice, you know, there are there are millions of people walking the streets in New York City and Detroit and Los Angeles and Boston that have heart disease and don't know it. So there's a CAT scan you can get at a hospital for $100 of your heart, no IV, no needle, no pain, takes under a minute. $100, you find out reality. You can also do it by doing an ultrasound of your neck, which involves no radiation. The CAT scan is very low radiation. If you're the lucky devil that has clean youthful arteries, a concept called arterial age, you're 50 years old and your arteries are like a 35-year-old, you know, follow that program and you don't need to do much more. Take your B12, maybe check your vitamin D. But there are literally, again, millions of people that the 50-year-old birth date is actually 70-year-old arteries. And we need to go more. You need to be more adherent to the whole food plant-based, low or no added oil. You really need to make sure your B12, your vitamin D, your omega-3, both in foods and supplements, the big three are optimized. And there actually are some other natural products in the plant world. There's an amazing Italian citrus called bergamot in a lot of essential oils and earl grade tea, but it's also available as a supplement been shown to reverse arterial disease. Um, as one example, natta kinase comes from soybean production of natto has been shown to reverse arterial disease. So there's some specialty items, and, and, and they aren't processed bacon, processed lamb, processed chicken, processed egg yolk. They're all plant-based supportive aggressive treatments of arterial disease. But the basics are the basics. Sleep, don't smoke, walk or exercise, and eat your healthy whole food plants, not junk food plants. It sounds like a great life, not to mention a long one. And but a very kind one, because, you know, it's kind to the planet. Amen. You know, it's not a bunch of tree-hugging vegans. Oxford University two months ago said we can dramatically reduce greenhouse gases. It's not the first time they said it, but I know it's always nice when a major university that doesn't have any, you know, affiliations with a green movement, they're just doing research, said, you know, the single biggest thing anybody can do to add to the health of the planet is to eliminate animal products and eat more plant products. And, you know, and it's kind to animals, the terrible, terrible 
factory farming that uh, Natalie Portman in the new documentary, Eating Animals, it's just come out, uh, makes the case, and everybody should go see that and stop eating animals. Well, absolutely. And they should read your book, The Plant-Based Solution, which has a chapter called Plants, the Plight of Animals, and World Religions. And I love it when our physicians who are doing this primarily or got into this primarily because you're a physician, human health is what you came to this earth to deal with, but that you recognize plants, the plight of the animals, world religions, the plight of the planet. It just makes this so holistic and it's no wonder you're America's holistic heart doc. So there. Well, so question. Thank you. Grains. I get a sense that you're maybe on the fence about grains because you have some recipes with grains, but a few times in the book when you talk about what's a plant-based diet, you say fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts, and seeds, and you don't mention the grains. So where are okay. you with those? Yeah, no, I'm pro-grain. I'm pro-grain. I'm pro-gluten. Um, you know, and the real shakedown of the science is that, again, you can use, you go back to Dr. Longo and pillars of evidence. What do long-lived societies do? They eat whole grains. It's, a, it's absolutely basic in the Mediterranean diet. It's, you know, grains uh, are part of the Japanese Okinawa diet. Um, absolutely. You go to epidemiologic studies like the Adventist health population. You know, grains are associated with less heart disease, less diabetes thinner bodies. Now, we're not talking donuts. We're talking 100% whole grains, wheat and brown rice and such. Um, You know, there is a condition, we all know it, called celiac disease. It's estimated to be 1% of the population. There are people that appear in this country to be gluten sensitive, whether it be rashes or upset stomach or um, thyroid disease, and maybe 5%, um, although that's questionable because it could be something else in the food and not the gluten may be the marker, but not the actual cause. But at least 95% of us that should be eating whole grains, not refined grains, not white flour, not you know white sugar-laden pastries, but we should. We shouldn't fear a nice Ezekiel bread, a nice Dave's Killer bread, a nice you know um, a whole wheat pasta dish with marinara, spinach, and mushrooms as a as a great course. Maybe not, you know. An entire plate full of pasta. Maybe it's a small amount with lots of tomato sauce and veggies. But absolutely, I am uh, I am pro grain. Um, now I live with a wife of wonderful almost forty years and a wonderful human who is actually gluten sensitive. Except in Europe, very interesting grains and pasta in Europe don't bother her. That's a very many people's observation. What's going on with our American farming? But so we don't keep a lot of bread around, but boy, I, I love it and enjoy it, and everybody should. Just not nice. the wonder bread we grew up on. Okay. All right. We know now that you're pro grain, and we also know that as the co author with Ellen Jaffe Jones of Vegan Sex, Vegans Do It Better, and we know you're Peter Sexy's vegan, you are pro sex, and you have a chapter in this new book about that. So in two minutes, because they're going to cut us off at the top of the hour. What does sure. what we eat have to do with that? Yeah, a lot. I mean, the fun answer is you smell better, you taste better, your mood's better. And um, a lot of food that we eat, carrots, cucumbers, zucchini, look kind of like sexual organs. So have fun with this all. Uh, sex is fun. I mean, there's no point uh, making it dirty. Um, but a lot of sex is blood flow. And a lot of blood flow relates to what you eat. 
And there's no doubt that greens and beets and watermelon and arugula and pine nuts scientifically increase blood flow and improve artery health. And there's nothing worse for arteries than processed meats like bacon, hot dog, pepperoni, sausage. And certainly you combine them all into one giant greasy pizza. You couldn't think of a worse thing to eat or a sausage egg McMuffin. There's the, no worse food to eat on a date if you want to be studly, whether a man studly or woman studly. And it's really quick, within 30 or 45 minutes, that processed food bomb with meats and cheeses and uh, and such. It's just horrible for blood flow. So, you know, either love your heart arteries and eat well for that or love your sexual organ arteries and eat well for them, but it makes a big difference. And it's just uh, you find somebody that's been vegan a long time, they probably have much better sexual performance and somebody who's eaten poorly most of their life. That's science. Wonderful. So we've got two books to read. You want to get vegan sex, and you want to get the plant-based solution. And if you can mark yours up more than me, then you know what? I'll buy you a second copy. Dr. Khan, bless your heart. And I guess that's a little bit of a pun. But my goodness, you do amazing work in the world. I look forward to seeing you. I guess the next time we'll be at uh, Dr. Ostfeld's Cardiac Wellness Conference. Will you yes, be at that? Yes, I see. And then you're packing and? a bag for Michigan, I understand. So I'm excited That's you'll right. be in That's the state. That's right. I, right. Uh, so um, everybody look that up. Montefiore Medical Center, Bronx, New York, Cardiac Wellness Conference coming October 6th. Lots of great people will be there. So you need to be there, too. Next week on this program, the good people of Happy Cow are going to be telling us about the best vegan cities in America. And we'll also hear from one of my spiritual mentors, Tatiana Ferrero Puerta, author of Yoga for the Wounded Heart. You know, we live and we eat and we exercise for our physical bodies and for our souls too. It's all good. God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.